and welcome to this episode of Gilson Sensei Conversations, Faith, Family, Football, and Lifelong Learning. Today's topic touches on family and lifelong learning. My family and the tens of thousands of First Nations families across Canada and my personal effort to continue to reflect and learn more about the tragedy that is the residential school history in Canada. Today, September 30th, 2022, is the second official National Day of Truth and Reconciliation. In a moment, I'm going to share a post from my blog at rickgilson.ca, but first I'd like to thank a few of the mentors, teachers, elders, who have shared thoughts and experiences with me over the past decade in particular. I am grateful to the members of the Family School Liaison Team at Westwind School Division that I had the privilege of working with for about five years. Specifically, Gary Fox, Moses Spear Chief, and Jerry First Charger for their conversations around residential schooling, systemic bias and racism, and the work we might undertake together to support students and families. Both Moses and Gary have personal experience with residential schools, and Jerry has uh, relatives as well who experienced residential schools firsthand. I'm grateful to educators like Annette Brewsthead, who I first met while she was working as the assistant superintendent at Kainai Schools, where she grew up, where she learned the Blackfoot language, and where she learned of residential schools from both of her parents, schools where they were not allowed to speak Blackfoot. And Cam Shade, the current superintendent of schools at Kainai, though our visits have been interrupted during COVID, his passion for education and support of the students and teachers of Kainai is inspiring. I've been very fortunate to visit and listen to two professors in particular of late, Dr. Duane Donald of the University of Alberta, a descendant of the Papaschis Cree who taught for a period of time at Kainai. His work on decolonization, cross-cultural pedagogy, and understanding our place on the land is inspiring. I have not had the opportunity to collect on the promise of a river walk along the North Saskatchewan with Dr. Donald, but I look forward to that day. And Dr. Dustin Louis, who I first met while he was an associate professor, not yet tenured, at the University of Calgary. I have heard Dustin speak on numerous occasions, sometimes for 90 minutes, many times for up to three hours. I learn more each time. Dr. Louis invites us to embrace the cognitive dissonance that comes with hearing and listening, that though that those who came before us to this country by their decisions and actions did serious and unnecessary harm to the people who were already on the land. The effects of that needless harm we are seeing today in systemic disadvantage, trauma, addition, generational trauma, health outcomes, disproportionate poverty and hardship. Dr. Louis is now the director of the Indigenous Teacher Education Program at the University of British Columbia. In spite of the rich blessings of knowing and learning from these and so many others in person or through my reading and study, I know that I have much more to learn. Frankly, we all do. And if we're going to ever realize the potential we possess both individually and collectively as a nation, we need to embrace that learning. On this National Day of Truth and Reconciliation in Canada, 
I'd like to share my post from June 2nd, 2021. It's entitled, It Wasn't All Bad. Shortly after the media announcement on May 28th, 2021, sharing the deeply disturbing discovery at Kamloops Residential School site of unmarked graves, I found myself in a conversation with a couple in my region. While expressing sadness as a grandfather and father at the news, my friend made the comment, one I've heard on many occasions, that, quote, I've heard that residential schools were not all bad, close quote. There's a possibility that you've heard it too, as it relates to residential schools, and it is even possible that you've heard it directly to your ears from a former residential school student. And you might even have said, well, I talked to a residential school student and he or she said it wasn't all bad. To be clear, it is vital to honor the opinion of each residential school student. That is their lived experience. Personally, as a descendant of settlers to this land, as a non-First Nations, Métis and Inuit citizen of Canada, it is important to acknowledge that whatever good may have come through residential schools, the price was simply too high. The intent, indeed the unequivocally stated intent, of the government of Canada and those who ran the schools was to destroy families and the culture of the Indigenous people of Canada. In the book, A Knock on the Door, The Essential History of Residential Schools from the Truth and Reconciliation Commission of Canada, we read, quote, Canada's first Prime Minister, Sir John A. Macdonald, told the House of Commons in 1883, When the school is on the reserve, the child lives with its parents, who are savages. He is surrounded by savages. And though he may learn to read and write, his habits and training and mode of thought are Indian. He is simply a savage who can read and write. It has been strongly pressed on myself as the head of the department that Indian children should be withdrawn as much as possible from the parental influence. And the only way to do that would be to put them in central training industrial schools where they will acquire the habits and modes of thought of white men. Closed quote. Again, these are the words of Sir John A. Macdonald during debate in the House of Commons in 1883. In 1920, the Deputy Minister of Indian Affairs doubled down on this intent when he stated, Our object is to continue until there is not a single Indian in Canada that has not been absorbed into the body politic. Wiping out the culture was the government objective, and for at least some of those supervising the residential school operations across the country, the stated goal, as phrased by Bishop Vital Grandin in 1875, was quote, We instill in them a pronounced distaste for the native life so that they will be humiliated when reminded of their origin. When they graduate from our institutions, the children have lost everything native except their blood. Closed quote. I openly acknowledge that I yet 
do not have the level of understanding of all that occurred from the first contacts north, south, east, and west across this land to the present day. I believe firmly in the adage that the more I know, the more I know I need to know more. I do believe, particularly when I close my eyes, and might I invite you to engage in this, when I close my eyes and capture an image of any of my children or grandchildren in my mind, so I picture that grandchild in my mind, I imagine a knock on the door of my house early in the morning as an official comes to take the child away. I have no choice. The child is taken. That was all bad. Residential schools as established in Canada was bad from the start, bad to the end. Anything even remotely good or praiseworthy in the residential school setting could have been accomplished in a manner that was supported and empowered of people, their culture, and traditions. All affected by residential schools needed the public, all the citizens of the land who knew, to say no to the government, to say no to all the organizations and individuals who suggested this was best for Canada and best for the indigenous people of the land. This failure to catch the stones cast by those bent on destroying a culture and a people is our collective failure. It is a legacy for which we must apologize and work to redeem. It hurts the heart, but embrace every opportunity to know more. Knowledge is the path to a better nation for everyone. There are excellent books and resources to help gain that vital knowledge. It's not comfortable to read of the things that have happened to families, to youth, to children that would just shock and abhor us if it were to happen to us, to our child, to any child. We must also remember that we should be vigilant that as citizens of our nation and citizens of mankind across this planet, we should have our eyes open to ensure we catch the stones of racism and oppression cast today. It's not enough to not throw stones. The anti-racist step is to catch those stones cast by others. I find myself pondering this point when I think, I'm positive I would have stepped up and said, this is wrong, had I been alive when residential schools were championed. Do I catch stones today? Do I stand up today and say, no, it was wrong. It will always be wrong. I hope I do. Thank you for listening. If I could, I would like to recommend a couple of books for your library moving forward. Um, these are books that I have read all or part of. The Knock at the Door, the, residential his the Essential History of Residential Schools, The Inconvenient Indian by Thomas King, Indian Horse by Richard Wagamas, Fatty Lakes by Christy Jordan Fenton and Margaret Pokeic Fenton. There are many, many more. I certainly have enjoyed the 
writings of David Robertson in his trilogy, The Barren Grounds, The Great Bear, The Stone Child. And while I came to know of David Robertson through um, those works of fiction and his presentation uh, through the Southern Alberta Professional Development Consortia a summer ago, I have uh, picked up a copy of David's Blackwater Family Legacy and Blood Memory uh, to read uh, next in my continued journey and invite you to uh, continue your journey as well. Thank you very much for spending this time uh, listening to this podcast and look forward to uh, many more opportunities to engage in thought around all things faith, family, football and lifelong learning. But on this day in particular, invite us to reflect on what we can do to make this nation a more inclusive and supportive nation and to honor those who have come before and walked this land before us. Take care.